Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Jennifer and Wendy Show on this Thursday, February the 22nd. Morning, Wendy. Hello. Good morning, Connor McCarthy. Good morning. And good morning to all of you. Your microphone is the Royal Blanks, Missouri, text line 84126. Uh, coming up here shortly, we're going to speak to someone from Crisis Services, Provident Counseling, when we see these stories like this Ferguson author, mom, teacher who died by suicide it's a murder-suicide case. It's just so upsetting. So we'll be talking about the warning signs of suicide because we may all know someone who is close to the edge in that way, and we could help them. Also, Dr. David Carr joins us. He's the Park Provence Medical Director, also a professor at Washington University. And there's new research, uh, and it seems new stories that come out about dementia every, every single, single day. day. Yes, it's and incredible. <laughs> I never knew there was a connection to air pollution, but we'll talk to Dr. Carr about that, among other things. And then Ryan Raphael joins us in our next hour. And, of course, we'll check in with M. Wynn from ABC News. You have a few days coming off. Uh, oh, no, tomorrow's Friday. Tomorrow's Why Friday. <laughs> you have to enjoy your weekend. I know. Stay present. First, stay, stay present. Stay present. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to take a, a few days off next week. Uh, I suppose the big story is the cell service situation. You yes. said when you were leaving your building this morning. Yes, when I was leaving the building, uh, one of the staff members, Kim, said, if your phone's not working, you're not alone. There are outages everywhere. Uh, so far, mine's working. How about I, you? Mine is working. Yeah, mine is working. And I, I it sounds like um, my husband's is working and our daughter's, neither of our daughters have, have cell service. So... It's it's strange. It, it's an odd feeling, isn't it? To, yes. To to know that you can't bring them up on your cell phone. I suppose you can email them. I guess. Would you be able yeah. to email them? We're so eight four one two six. Where do you live? And if you have lost service, do tell us about it. And I'm sure they're working on it as we speak uh, to restore it. And it was a. What do we know about it to this point, Connor? Is it is it a hack? Um, it uh, certainly would seem the like news one. said it. They, it's not. So hmm. I guess I'll, I'll go with that. Okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> they said some some problem with how they pass people off between carriers or something, oh. and that is the problem. And see, fortunately, Jennifer and I have that's no what idea thought, what you just said. So we are in the clear, and we are in total agreement yeah. with you. We are in total agreement with you. Um, did you? Watch. What was I going to ask you? Did you watch? Oh my goodness! It's too feud early. Feud drops the... weekly, so we're caught okay. up on feud. The Truman Capote Swan. But thing. that's so. That was last night. So did you stay up and watch it last night? Uh-uh. Because it it's Wednesday. I think it's oh. Wednesday. For the longest time, I thought it was Tuesday. Okay. Well, we're both off base because we thought it was Friday or Thursday. <laughs> of course, I thought today was Friday. <laughs> I think it's this. I think it's the weather changing. We all have spring fever, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, but you're waiting because you know that the other snow boot is going to drop. Exactly. We might not get snow, but after 80 degree days, Monday and Tuesday, it looks like it's going to take another significant drop. But um, in terms of temperature, I think it does affect people. I do our too. Our outlook, our mood. We may not know it. You may like it or not like it. But the fact of the matter is, it's not going to stick around forever. Okay, look at this. Um, all good here in Webster Groves. Thank you, Pam Mahoney. That's good to see. 
Uh, Mike from accounting, no cell service on my phone. I'm trying to text over Wi-Fi. It's um, working. It is working. No service in Washington, Missouri. I can text, but there's no other service. Glenn Carbon, I have full service. My wife has no service. We are both AT&T. My husband and I are both AT&T, and we have service. So mm-hmm. obviously it is uh, it is spotty. I live in South St. Louis. I have cell service, but my husband and daughter in the same house do not. That's weird. Isn't that utterly bizarre? Uh, I'm in Jupiter, Florida with AT&T. My cell's working, but not my daughter's in Baldwin. Moral of the story. Hang out in <laughs> Jupiter with the Cardinals for a while. <laughs> that is great. And somebody said, I watched Truman last night. So it is Wednesday. Okay. Because it always upsets me because I can't watch it Thursday because Thursday is Donnie Donnybrook. And uh, Boomers and Beyond. And so I can't get to it until Friday. And now we have a fire alarm going off at Westport. Wow. So usually that is yeah, nothing to, to worry about. But we're going to stay on these microphones <laughs> until we <laughs> until see the, the firefighters. firefighters. <laughs> Somebody said that if you watch Truman on Hulu, it's Thursday. I do oh, see it's people Thursday? in our hallways. So I guess it's on different streaming platforms. Huh. Yeah, This the uh, the fire alarm used to happen... With great frequency, yeah, with great mm-hmm. frequency. So, who knows? But yeah, we're not going anywhere. We're going to stay <laughs> right here. Number once doing the news at Channel Five at noon, and you know the studios away from the newsroom where it was at that time, so you can't see anyone in the newsroom. Uh, but all of a sudden, we're reading a story about there's a gas leak, and all buildings in downtown have been evacuated. And, you know, I look at art, and I'm like. Uh, does that include us? And then somebody came in and said, yeah, we're evacuating. Keep doing the news. We'll let you know. (laughs) Okay. When you two lose consciousness, (laughs) responsibility comes first. Yeah, we'll know. Hey, if you're looking for a dentist, may we suggest Baldwin Dental Care? They are one of the sponsors of our program. And so a few years ago, it just so happened Wendy and I were both looking for dentists. And so we became patients at Baldwin Dental Care. And they have a new patient special right now. A comprehensive exam, four x-rays, an oral cancer screening, and a cleaning for $99 or $100 credit on your account. At Baldwin Dental Care, they've been doing this for about 50 years. Dr. Kimberly Simons bought the practice from her dad. It is now the largest female-owned practice in the state of Missouri. doesn't really matter where you live. I think you'll find it well worth the drive to Baldwin. They're on Manchester Road, right there in the old Johnny Mac Sporting Goods Store. Parking is easy. They have affordable payment plans, Saturday hours, evening hours. They go out of their way to help you and make you feel comfortable. Give them a call, 636-227-2552. Or to make it even easier, just Google Baldwin Dental Care. If you stop in, please tell them Jennifer and Wendy sent you. Whenever there's a news story about a murder-suicide, as there is in St. Louis now, about this Ferguson mom, uh, author, and her four children, it's so upsetting. And whenever there is a death by suicide, the loved ones of those people always ask, what did I miss and what should I have done? Wendy and Connor and I are joined right now by Jay Wilson, Associate Director of Crisis Services at Provident Counseling. Jay, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me today. What are the warning signs of suicide or some warning signs? You know, there's a lot of warning signs that you can get into specifically. Um, 
changes in just their behavior in general as far as their mood changing or um, feeling angry or withdrawing from you know their friends um, but I think most importantly it's just noticing when when behavior changes you know if someone is typically very happy and then they start to feel depressed and sad and not engaged that could be a warning sign um, but also on the opposite side if someone is typically you know a little bit more low-key and all of a sudden they're very excitable and they're engaging and reaching out to people constantly that could also be a warning sign that there's something going on with them and that was that is that was my next question um, to you Jay because you do hear about a a, a euphoria um, is that is that the correct word that the person has made the decision they are at peace with the decision and then so people do notice that there is some kind of an elevation in mood um, that has happened um, it's something that we do see is you know they're reaching out to friends and they're they're making connections they're saying goodbye they're giving gifts they're reminiscing on happy thoughts um, and so it it's really the the change that we're looking for specifically and, and it it appears in multiple ways. And Jay, if we see these changes in a person in our life and maybe they're going through a painful event or loss or change of some way, what should we do? What questions should we ask that person uh, to help them? You know, a lot of times when people are experiencing extreme pain, just want to make sure that they're heard. Uh, they want people to care about them. And so asking and noting what you see, you know, I notice that you're acting a little differently than normal. You know, is everything okay? Can I help out? Um, there's also so much stigma around suicide specifically that asking and genuinely saying the word suicide, are you having thoughts of suicide, can really help someone to kind of of the thoughts that they're experiencing and let them know that you're someone they can feel safe talking to about something that maybe they've never talked to someone before about. When it comes to social media, because I, I have heard, I've heard from both sides, they, they feel very strongly that there is an imitation um, effect that when, when young people see uh, a suicide um, discussed on social media, that that can somehow lead them to suicidal ideation. Is that true or false in in your opinion? Because there are so many opinions on that issue. Um, my personal opinion would be we're not leading them to suicide when they see those kinds of things. But if someone is already experiencing thoughts of suicide or if they've been struggling with something like that, when they see someone else take that route and make that decision, um, it could cause those thoughts to intensify. They could come more frequently. Um, they could come stronger. And, you know, that could cause their suicidal ideation to increase. Well, Jay, I read that the suicide rate in this country has risen 35% over the past two decades. So if we're having this conversation, and as you suggest, we say the word suicide, and we say, are you thinking of it? If the person we care about says yes, then what do we do? If they say yes, I, my typical response is like, then maybe that's what we should talk about right now and kind of move toward talking about how can we keep you safe? How can we find time to, you know, really think through what's ahead of you? Um, 988 is an option that's available across the country. If you're uncomfortable carrying that conversation through to fruition, 988 is available with counselors 24 hours a day who you can say, why don't we call together? Let's get someone else involved in this conversation that has some experience and who has some training to talk about these kinds of things. 
And Jay Wilson is the Associate Director of Crisis Services at Provident Counseling here in St. Louis. And as Jay just mentioned, you can call or text 988. Is that correct? Correct. And when people do that, um, tell us about your counselors and how Provident Counseling can help, starting with that and then maybe with the therapy available for people through Provident Counseling. Sure. Um, I want to make sure that we're really clear with 988 that it's a mental health crisis, suicide, and substance use line. So it doesn't have to be only used for someone who's experiencing thoughts of suicide. Crisis is just when the things that we've used to cope in the past aren't working in the moment, we can find ourselves in crisis, and that includes anyone. And so when someone calls 988, they're going to find someone who's willing to listen to what they're going through, who may do breathing exercises with them or walk them through some additional coping skills and just help them get connected to resources that they need to get through the crisis they're experiencing in the moment. Um, Most of our calls are are rather brief um, because our focus is about de-escalating the high emotions that we're experiencing right then, and then finding that long-term care, like you mentioned, through connection to a counselor or through a support group or something like that. We were reading an article about the science of suicide where it pointed out that there was a belief at one point that if a person wanted to end his or her life, they would eventually do it. But science has proved that wrong. In your experience, Jay, have you seen people or patients who at one time did have thoughts of suicide, but they got better and they went on and they were glad that they did not carry it out. Absolutely. We have um, callers who we speak to um, repeatedly and they will tell you, you know, I experienced thoughts of suicide 10 years ago and I haven't had those thoughts now. And they lean on 988 and they lean on the coping skills that they've learned along the way to manage crises along the way before they get to experiencing those thoughts of suicide again. Sometimes those thoughts do return for people, but that's where that long-term therapy and also having connection and building a safety plan or an action plan can really prepare you to respond appropriately. One of the things I try to point out is with crisis, um, and we've all kind of been there whenever we're feeling stressed out, you just can't think quite clearly. So one of the things we do at 988 is help them to create a plan for whenever they get in crisis. Because once you've created that, it's there for you before you need it. Is there something that a friend or loved one should never do? Um, I think most importantly, we don't try to judge. Um, Making sure that someone knows that they can share something with you that maybe they're afraid to talk about or they're uncomfortable to talk about for a multitude of reasons. And so listening without judgment, telling them that you are there to support them, you care about them, even if you don't understand exactly what they're going through right then, can really make a huge difference. Jay Wilson from Provident Counseling, thank you so much for joining us. Again, I want to tell everyone, if you or someone you know is struggling with depression or crisis or suicidal ideation, it couldn't be easier. Just call or text 988, and there is help available for you right now. Jay, thank you so much for joining us here at KTRS. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jay. You know, coming up in a few minutes, we're going to speak with Dr. David Carr, who is the medical director at Park Provence. Park Provence is a memory care community. And when you get to the point where you have to choose one for your parents or aunts or uncles, that can be a daunting task. And it really does take a village, uh, a village of expert memory care clinicians, a village of highly skilled nurses and staff for every stage of dementia, from assisted living to skilled nursing. 
And Park Provence offers the most advanced care available for dementia and Alzheimer's disease, providing a quality of life through programs that nurture the mind, the body, and the spirit that is unparalleled. Park Provence is locally owned, and believe you me, that is a blessing because they're local owners and staff members right on site. And if you have a problem or a concern, they will be there to take care of it. So if you're interested in finding out more or scheduling a tour, call Andrew or Michaela at 314-542-2500. If you tell them Jennifer and Wendy sent you, you'll receive a special offer. And coming up, we will chat with Dr. David Carr, Park Provence Medical Director, about research and dementia. Stay with us. It's 1033 at the Big 550 KTRS in St. Louis, the Jennifer and Wendy Show. Thank you so much for listening and for telling your friends about us. Uh, There are always stories about dementia and Alzheimer's and those related illnesses in the news. From, From hour to hour, you would be surprised if you don't regularly Google Uh, dementia and Alzheimer's. And so we are very, very grateful uh, to have the support of Park Provence. They are a sponsor of our program. And Dr. David Carr, he is the medical director at Park Provence. He is a professor at Washington University School of Medicine and the director of clinical services for the university's division of geriatrics and gerontology, a nationally recognized expert in the field of memory care. We're so fortunate to have you, doctor. We know you're busy. Are there that many developments on a daily basis? Welcome back, by the way. Jennifer and Wendy, just really glad to be here. It does. It seems like every week, every month, we have a new study that's looking at some links. And I I think it's an exciting time when uh, there was a great review in one of our journals uh, in 2020, Lancet, that looked at risk factors. And about 50% of the risk for Alzheimer's disease has been figured out, but we still have a long way to go. So there is a link between dementia and air pollution from traffic. Could you tell us about that? Yes, it's very, very interesting. And it appears um, there's been a series of studies over decades. In fact, you can go back to the 1990s and look at Autopsy rates for uh, deaths in uh, Shanghai, China, and the number one cause for people to die was respiratory disease. The number two cause was Alzheimer's disease. And and so we've had a, a spate of studies through the years that does suggest this relationship. And uh, this month in our uh, neurology uh, journal, uh, there was a very interesting study from Emory. Uh, they have a similar memory and aging project to the one that we have here Uh, at Washington University, where they follow patients longitudinally, do very careful clinical assessments, uh, psychology uh, uh, type evaluations for psychometric tests. Um, And these individuals then donate their brains for science. And they were able to correlate. They went back and looked at the air pollution levels uh, where individuals lived through the years, and then were able to associate it with the dementia severity, specifically the amount of amyloid plaques. We, amyloids are protein in the brain that accumulates with Alzheimer's disease. So very interesting. To, so again, we have to be cautious. Association doesn't mean causation. But it dovetails pretty closely with the study over the summer, a much larger one where they studied over 25,000 patients and looked at agriculture and exposure to wildfires. And 
I, I think the mechanism here is light particulate matter. These are small particles, less than 2.5 microns, and they can get in the lungs, they can get in the blood, and they can get in the brain. So, you know, obviously there needs to be caution um, regarding exposure. And then there was a little bit of, of good news, Dr. Carr, in terms of statins. Can you, can you walk us through those headlines? Yeah, so it's a, that's a very complicated uh, area. And there's studies to suggest um, statins may uh, reduce your risk of uh, Alzheimer's disease. There's some that show it potentially could increase it. The more recent studies, the large studies show it's probably neutral. Um, but uh, uh, in Hong Kong, there was a study in January, very exciting. They looked at about 100,000 of their patients, heart failure patients. And half of these patients were on statins and half weren't. And they were very surprised, the researchers, to find out there was a 30% reduction in patients with uh, having new onset Alzheimer's disease, 20% reduction in vascular dementia. Uh, so, uh, again, depending on your situation, I think your listeners should be aware, you know, statins are prescribed so often if you have, you know, depending on your age and hypertension, diabetes, and hyperlipidemia risks. Um, but you may be benefiting the brain. In fact, if you look at the incidence of dementia, now the absolute numbers are going up every year just because of the aging demographic. But the actual number of people that are getting it has decreased in Europe and the United States. And probably it's because people have stopped smoking um, and all the blood pressure and all the statins that possibly could be prescribed. Dr. Carr, you are a renowned expert in the field of dementia research. And as you well know, we are all weighing in with our opinions about Joe Biden and Donald Trump and their age, as are their opponents um, not asking you to diagnose them or anything, but just as a person, do you think they're too old? And as we at home are looking at video of them, obviously we're not in a position to diagnose whether or not they have cognitive decline. Yeah, so it's very uh, interesting area to watch this. And I kind of caution listeners that, you know, looking and trying to be an armchair quarterback, or in this case, an armchair doctor, um, I would uh, preach some caution because we bring with ourselves biases of what we think is normal aging and what's dementia. Uh, I don't have to go any further than uh, Ronald Reagan. So Ronald Reagan, his last month in office was January 1989. And about five years later, a public announcement, he had Alzheimer's disease. His two sons, who obviously saw him and knew him, have totally opposite views. The one son says he saw the dementia during both terms. The other son said there was absolutely no evidence of cognitive impairment during both terms. And it just shows you that we, through our, you know, our biases and what we think, we think we may know what's going on, but people can look at the same information and come up with different opinions. When we do a dementia assessment in clinic, it takes us an hour. We have to interview, you know, the family and you know, are there any changes in cognitive decline, interview the patient and um, do, uh, you know, some very extensive cognitive testing. It takes us an hour just to figure out if somebody's got, you know, uh, normal aging, mild cognitive impairment or dementia. So I think uh, it's, it's difficult to say. And I, I, would, I would just caution 
uh, individuals on their uh, opinion. Leave it to the doctors, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, yes. And Dr. Carr, we have a question. We have a text line where our listeners text in, and it's a question from one of our listeners that I I always wondered about too. She is asking, do statins affect memory? I chose not to take one because of the reported side effects to short-term memory. And I thought I had heard that before, that they can, statins can affect a person's memory, brain fog, what have you. So appreciate that question. And I think we have to differentiate large studies when we talk about samples versus taking a pill on an individual basis. So in 2015, um, uh, there was a concern uh, the FDA put out about statins and cognitive impairment because on an individual basis, somebody can have a reaction to a drug, even if the large studies aren't concerning. So uh, we know that some statins are what we call lipophilic. Um, they're fat-soluble. They cross the blood-brain barrier. Torvastatin, Lipitor is one of those. If you're taking it, you're doing fine. No reason to come off of it. But if somebody has a medication and they have some trouble, they feel like they're slower or more confused, certainly stop it. Talk with your doc. There are other statins that are hydrophilic, pravastatin, pravacol, uh, rosuvastatin, or crestor. They're hydrophilic. They tend not to cross the blood-brain barrier. So um, to your listener out there, I would say um, I understand, you, you know, there could be some concern, but there probably is a statin out there for you that you can tolerate. And Dr. Carr, before we go, just because so many of us, our listeners, Wendy, myself, in our 60s, think that we have some degree of cognitive decline, when should we worry? So... A lot of times, the cognitive decline isn't self-evident. You, you may not notice. So I think you just have to be open to those around you and to say, do you think I'm slipping? And, uh, and, and if you've got some you know, family members, people to see on a regular basis, I, I think they're going to be able to tell you. And, you know, there's subtle changes in memory, language, reaction time that we all can have that are age-related. But when they get to the point they're interfering with your social, occupational, or day-to-day activities of daily living function, we, we get concerned at that point. And I think it's a good time to come in for an evaluation. Can you ever imagine, and we are limited and we know your time is precious and we're sorry about that, but can you imagine a time when the, you know, whomever would decide that we do need some kind of a litmus test for the uh, the holder of the the highest political office in the world, could you could you ever see that actually happening? Yes, and I think it's it's a reasonable uh, request. I think if as your job description goes up and you have more responsibility for people, I think the bar should be higher. And that's the problem with cognitive impairment and dementia. You may not notice it. The people around you may think it's normal aging. So there has been a call in our literature for having, you know, a battery of tests, um, and, and this can especially be applied to federal judges, you know, at least with presidents, it's two terms and you're out, but mm. federal judges are appointed for a lifetime. So, so there has been a call uh, for there to be cognitive, you know, screening. Now, what are those tests? What are the cutoffs? What happens when you fail? How often do you do them? Do you, you have everybody do it regardless of age? Those are things to be answered. We struggled that within our field of physicians. We have a lot of docs that are still working in their 70s and 80s. And um, Henry Ford Hospital 
and uh, Yale decided at age 70 they were going to start screening their doctors with cognitive tests, um, and they both are embroiled in lawsuits for age discrimination. So I don't know where that's mm. going to go. So, so I um, I do think that time is coming, but it, it's it's probably still a little ways away. Dr. Carr, many of our listeners are asking if you have a website or if there's somewhere they can get more information from you and your research. Is there such a thing? Yeah. So uh, if, if you just go into uh, Washington University and, and, and put in uh, David Carr, you'll come to my website uh, or uh, geriatrics. There's the Alzheimer's Disease Research Center, which is another great site. Lots of information there. Uh, Dr. John Morris heads up uh, neurology. There's so much research going on. Um, I can't even name all the neurologists that are doing cutting-edge research in Alzheimer's disease. But if they just Google our names and um, the website, we'll be happy. Uh, you know, there's emails, there's contact numbers. We'd be glad to field some questions. Dr. David Carr, thank you so much. It's always great to talk to you. So we really appreciate your time. Thank you. Glad to be here. Uh-huh. Have a great day. And just a reminder... Taxes may be on your mind, and Jeff Zufall from Capital Advisory Group can help. Jeff Zufall has a radio show every Saturday at 3 here on the Big 550 with Josh Gilbert from the Heidi Glau Show, and they talk all things money, and this is the time of year where they will be talking about taxes. Jeff Zufall calls the radio show Keep What's Yours because he has a book by that name specifically designed for small business owners to keep up with the tax codes so that they do not overpay Uncle Sam, but they take every deduction that they are entitled to legally. And maybe you're thinking about retirement. Jeff Zufall says, think about it a couple years before you're ready for it. And if you sit down with Jeff Zufall and the staff at Capital Advisory Group, one, they'll tell you if you can afford to retire financially. Two, they'll have a written financial plan for you if you are in that camp. So you'll know what your first day of retirement looks like and you can rest assured you won't outlive your money. And you have to talk about things about health care costs in retirement, taxes you do still have to pay. When is the best time to take Social Security? Give Jeff Zufall and his team a call, 636 394 5524. You can look them up online, capitaladvisorygrp.com, or listen in every Saturday at 3 right here on the Big 550. We were watching a news story about the costs of college these days. Oh, my gosh. Let's check in with M. Wynn, ABC News correspondent in Washington who has warned what the president said about this. Good morning, Em. We haven't talked to you for a while. Welcome back. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Uh, yeah, so right now, of course, President Biden, he says he has canceled $1.2 billion in student loan debt for 153,000 people. So those 153,000 people in the coming days or weeks, they're going to start to see those numbers basically go down to zero. They really don't have to do anything else. President Biden touted this new debt relief on the campaign trail just yesterday in Los Angeles. He says it means they, as in the borrowers, can finally get on with their lives. He, of course, is on day two of three on the campaign trail through California today. Now, that just ultimately means that in total, since he took office, President Biden has wiped out $138 billion for almost 4 million borrowers. But ultimately, that's still much less than what he initially wanted to. If you remember, he wanted to get rid of that $10,000 or up to $20,000 that was uh, voted down, uh, ruled down by the Supreme Court. He wanted to cancel around $400 billion for about 43 million people. 
of course, that didn't go through. So now he's taking these tiny steps here and there with laws that already exist to try to go ahead and continue to wipe out billions of dollars worth of student loans. What are the assurances that the same lawmakers who took issue the last time are going to take issue with the baby steps, Em? Right. So there's some small differences between what's happening now and what happened before. The one where the Supreme Court did turn down that blanket forgiveness of up to $20,000 for borrowers. Essentially, they said that the administration could make modifications with existing laws, but he could not transform them. So right now, they're trying to take these smaller relief uh, laws that already exist, that were already passed by Congress, and kind of go ahead and uh, modify them to see if they can continue to use those types of small laws and uh, continue on with their path of relieving uh, certain debts for certain people. Now, of course, Republicans still are speaking out against what the president is doing. They say they don't believe the administration has this authority. They say that it's not fair to taxpayers who have paid debt paid back their loans. They also say they believe that the administration um, having these new debt relief moves are just encouraging colleges to keep charging more and more. And you were kind of talking about how the cost of colleges have gone up. But the administration is saying, number one, they are within their ability. Number two, they are still putting pressure and accountability on colleges to make sure those tuition investments are clear and worth it. And number three, they believe that this relief for those borrowers are still helping everyone else in the community because those borrowers will be using that extra money that they have to invest back into, you know, businesses, small businesses, and the economy in general. Am Wynn from ABC News in Washington, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much. And I know, Wendy, you had girls and private schools. And I know when my undergrad, my dad had four kids in undergrad college. Of course, I just went to a state university, but I know what I paid for my social work master's degree. Mm -hmm. And then I know what social work jobs paid when one graduates and it just, it doesn't even out. And good heavens, we need social workers. So I don't know how people afford it these days. I do not either. Uh, And if let's, let's say that one of the things that you have on your list of things to do uh, not just a, a college education, but let's say that you need to have some dental work done and you think, oh, you know what? It's just dental work. It will, it will, uh, it'll wait. It really won't wait. And, you know, occasionally we have talked about this. If you Google uh, dental health issues, you are going to be surprised because your dental health, it's not just, it's not that your mouth is separate from the rest of your body. It is all interconnected. And if you don't take care of your dental health, you could be asking for some pretty serious systemic issues. And so that's why Jennifer and I wholeheartedly recommend Baldwin Dental Care. They are terrific. They have absolutely removed the anxiety component from the dental experience. Uh, They have worked on it for a long time, perfecting it, and they have done that. Um, You're going to you're going to love the crew. They they all meet you with smiles, and uh, it's it's sort of a Goldilocks experience. If you want a lot of information, they'll give you a lot of information. If you don't want any chit chat. No chit-chat. You will just be on your way with a healthier, brighter smile. The phone number is 636-227-2552, 636-227-2552. 
2552 Baldwin Dental Care in the old Johnny Mac Sporting Goods Store on Manchester. Please be sure to tell them the girls sent you. And on our World Banks Missouri text line 84126, we are hearing from you about student loan relief, and we'd love to hear your comments on that more. Somebody else said, let's hear it for community colleges because it is so much more affordable. Somebody else said, not a fan of student loan relief, but if I had my druthers, I'd rather pay off a technical school loan rather than a four-year college degree. And it's one of those things, if you don't do research and know what entry-level salaries are like and compare that to your college degree, you know, you, you, you just don't know how long it will take. My, my brother went to medical school, so, of course, I think by the time he paid off his medical school loans, he was in his 40s. But that's different, you know, because eventually you catch up, sure. I think, being a physician. I remember talking to an aspiring broadcaster, and I said, so what, what are your goals? And he said, well, I want to make you know, three or $400,000 a year. And I want to be, you know, the voice of the Cardinals. And I thought, oh, good luck to you. Good luck to you. Because as you said, in those smaller markets, many times you were working for below minimum wage. Yes. And times have changed with all these different platforms. I mean, I feel heartened that intelligent young people get into the news business, but they don't get into it for the money. They have to do their research, though. Yes. And their parents have to know what they're getting into mm-hmm. and how important it is to them to get into it. So true. We're coming up on Top of the Hour News with Steve Potter and more from ABC. We'll be back with the second hour of the Jennifer and Wendy show after that. This is the Big 550 KTRS St. Louis. I think it's so great to see young people... In the beginnings of their career, and they're so hopeful and exuberant. And, you know, next week we're going to talk to two young anchors from today in St. Louis, since people have been asking us, oh, have Art on, have Art on. Art's busy. Art's <laughs> He's the news director. He right. probably isn't sleeping much. So we'll do the next best thing and have a couple of his hires on. And that's next week. Nice. Mercedes nice. McKay and Travis Cummings. And they're just a delightful duo. And... um they have been there. They've been there for a while, haven't they? I'll have to do my homework. Yeah, on I think. That. Yeah, I think they. <laughs> because think you know, they I have... got away from watching early morning news last weekend. I watched them at nine o'clock, but I just don't watch. You know, once you've <laughs> done that for decades and decades, it's. I just don't watch oh, early me. morning news anymore. I watch Kelly. What did they used to call it? Like a busman's holiday? Like a, a bus driver is never going to get on a bus for his <laughs> for his holiday. You know, and uh, it's it's the same thing with, I'm sure, a baker. You know, I never thought of where that came from. Yeah, and that's went, a term I've used. I hope so. I mean, I, I hope that is correct. And what about bakers? It wouldn't be like me to misspeak. <laughs> More than once every five minutes. I know. When my friends say, that's not how it happened. When they hear us on the air, I just say. Not how it happened. I'm a talk show host. Give me an example. This is not news. Give me an example. Oh, I might be telling a story about something Mark did or Patty, and then they say to me, that's not exactly how it happened. That's not like, the point. <laughs> that's what I try to tell them. We I'm have not to make, reading news anymore. We have to be. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Go ahead. Fact check me. Ask, <laughs> um, ask me. Perception if I, is reality. That's right. That's how it happened to me. That's, ex- that's, ex- that's how I remember it. That is exactly how I remember it. 
Um, the last three texts on the text line. I don't line, understand. I believe they're having a conversation with themselves. So we will just um, we will just bypass that. But when you start talking about student loan forgiveness, you light up the text line eight four one two six. It's really like having you in the studio with us, and I love the way you say your microphone is open, right? Because that's the tr- <laughs> that's the truth. And it let is- me tell you, we have the dump button, as it's called, because some of your texts, though hilarious. Would get us into trouble. Yes, <laughs> and we don't we don't want to get into trouble. Um, riddle me this, Batman, um, <laughs> because I am kind of confused. I still have not seen a photograph of the Kansas City Super Bowl rally suspects. Has anyone else seen the two juveniles? Will not be right. those images will not be released by the by law enforcement. Am I missing something, Connor? Have you seen? We I just watched find, CBS Nightly News last night, and they they led with it. I think, but but no, were there photos? Because yeah, I don't think there were because names, last, but no photos. Last week on on Donnybrook, Alvin said something to the effect of. It is part of the experience of black Americans, and I am paraphrasing. We were watching, yes. And I am paraphrasing. It was heartbreaking, but it was an important revelation, I think, for him to share that whenever something goes awry, that he's, you know, and I remember I, I remember specifically one of the school shootings where he said to us around the table, he said, when I saw the story, I was like, please don't let it be. A, a black kid. And, you know, so I'm just trying to figure out why would they not oh, say, go to the Casey Star paper website. And there are paywalls, but do you have to pay today to get information on everything? I guess you do. I guess you well, do. You know how it is. I don't pay for the Wall Street Journal, but maybe I get two free articles a week or a month. I don't know what. Right. I, pay, I pay for other services. And I, well, you get the New York Times. I, right. I pay for. I do the Wall Street Journal. Um, and I recently just... started paying for the Atlantic because I think, you know, I always see these stories on Instagram or Facebook, but then you can't read it unless you pay for it. The suspects are all putting gauze. Aren't they putting gauze around? Their faces. I don't uh, know. I thought that was a different news story. Perhaps. Where they you could see them walking the perpetrators and they all had, they were covering their faces. I just, I think that's really, um, I think that's very, very interesting. Um, there, speaking, speaking of, oh. No, wanna, no, no, go ahead. Well, we'd love to hear from you on that. But when we're talking about which news things do you subscribe to, um, The Atlantic had a thing I about love the Atlantic. whining. Oh, that's my favorite hobby. <laughs> Whining, W-H-I-N. Or complaining, right, is the act of expressing your dissatisfaction or annoyance. According to psychological theory, it's fairly complex. But here's the question. Does it make you feel better or worse? I have had people close to me in my lifetime who were complainers and yesterday we were talking about ruminating and how mm-hmm. in women's brains we have we a tendency spin. to spin and ruminate. But I always thought complaining nonstop would make one feel worse. What? How does it work for you all? That's a great question. And there's um, a whole article about it today in The Atlantic. 84126. Um, I think in the, in the nanosecond, 
that you're complaining, you feel like you're venting some steam out mm-hmm. of the top of your head. So there's a there's just sort of a soothing quality. But then when it's over, I do think you've made you you've made yourself feel worse. But I am and that's not, what I always thought. I am not an academician. No one in those positions of power ever asked for my opinion. <laughs> well, but that's just how it seems to me that it would be common sense, right? Well, and in this Atlantic article, they said, judge less, observe more, consider the underlying problem, uh, why you're always going over the dissatisfaction threshold, be a stoic, you know, keep a stiff upper lip so you can observe, and avoid the grumblers. If you're keeping a lot of negative company, of course— we tell our young ones, you're judged by the friends you keep. Mm. But they say the friends we keep and the people we hang out with really have an effect on everything, how we think, what we eat, what we drink. If you're hanging out with people who are not clean eaters, for instance, and you're a clean eater, I mean, it could come up. Or who are drinkers and you're not a drinker. Yeah, it, beca- yeah. it can become a problem. Well, I was listening to Heidi and Josh and Connor yesterday afternoon. We never let Connor leave his studio. We let him have a sandwich occasionally, <laughs> and then we tie him to yeah. the uh, to the He's the hardest working man in radio. Again, but they were, you know, Heidi was talking about having coffee, and then Josh said he does. he's never had coffee. Connor, what does that mean? Has he had a beer with a friend or has has he just never had? Yeah, he's never had. He never doesn't get coffee with a friend. You know, let's get coffee. Let's get coffee. But he has had like a beer or a glass of wine. He meets friends or a thing of onion rings. I've never really had coffee with a friend either. Is that? Is I think that. But I'm also not a big coffee drinker. Yeah, so that might be part of it. That might just be a, a chick domain. I'm not sure, but but I think to their they were talking about. Um, Heidi had coffee with a friend that she hadn't seen in a while, but that she picks up right where they left off. And she said, other friends, it's not so easy. And she said, what is it that makes it so easy? And I think you have to have that you you meet somebody and you know, you just know that through good times and bad times, they're the ones that will help you hide the bodies. Yeah. Right? You need not at least literally, one. Not at least literally one. in case anybody's keeping score or calling the police. You have to have somebody that you know loves you for the good you and the bad you. It Is just, that too simplistic? No, it's not too simplistic. And you're bringing back memories that I think the last time I had coffee with people <laughs> is when Heidi and I were working the early shift, you know, a long time ago. So our lunch hour was 7 a.m., Oh, my And we gosh. would go to Park Avenue Coffee, have coffee. You know, it was like a five-minute drive from Channel 5. And mm. one of her friends owned Park Avenue Coffee, Alan, who became a friend of mine. Uh, and it was really fun. I mean, it was like our lunch hour, so we went and had coffee and came back. Yeah. <laughs> Quickly. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. So what what is it about that person that is your forever person that makes them... The forever person. Mm-hmm. Plus, of course, Mike from accounting. Thank you. Says I love complaining. It's source <laughs> material for humor. I agree, and that's you know when you complain your way through a bad situation, that's sort of like the gallows humor. Yeah. I think that can help you know relieve a lot of those situations too. I, I think so too, especially if you can use humor, as Mike says. Hey, we want to tell you uh, about the best in the business, McKnight Place Assisted Living. If you are coming to a time where you have to find a senior community for yourself, your parents, or your loved ones. 
the staff at McKnight Place is is truly unique. And if you talk to people who have had loved ones living at McKnight Place, they speak of the staff like they're speaking of family members. Um, and that is, I mean, that is across the board. And that is a truly beautiful, special thing. The staff builds trust with the residents and their loved ones because they know that this is something that affects everybody. And they want everyone to know the day-to-day care will be at the highest level. The employees are committed to personal well-being and satisfaction for residents, plus as much day-to-day happiness as possible. One of the great things about McKnight Place, if you decide to call to schedule a tour, they have predictable pricing. And this is unlike a lot of senior living communities. McKnight Place Assisted Living does not use points or tiers or levels of care because all of that can escalate your fees. They have an all-inclusive fixed-rate program. And best of all, they have none of those buy-in fees. They have beautifully landscaped gardens and outdoor spaces and walking paths. The community has all-inclusive services plus amenities like a theater, an art room, a greenhouse, and so much more. So call Leslie, Kelly, or Gretchen. You can schedule a tour or get more information. And the phone number is very easy to remember. 314-993-3333. If you tell them Jennifer and Wendy sent you, you'll receive a special offer. Jennifer and Wendy, Song of the Day. On the Big 550. KTRS. On this date in 1989, the very unheavy Jethro Tull won the first Grammy for Best Hard Rock Metal Performance. They beat out Metallica. 1989 was the first year that the Grammys even recognized heavy metal for the first time, acknowledging that headbangers had been filling stadiums throughout the decade. They ignored releases by Judas Priest, Anthrax, Guns N' Roses, Megadeth, Slayer, uh, and Justice for All. The winner is Jethro Tull. It was a baffling choice. The band skipped the ceremony. So Alice Cooper and Lita Ford accepted on their behalf. And then Jethro Tull's record company placed an ad in Billboard to congratulate them, pointing out that the flute, often a lead instrument in their songs, is indeed made of heavy metal. Here's Aqualung, our song of the day by Jethro Tull. Grammys faced in 1989. It was the first year that they gave an award uh, in the rap category. Oh, no. And it went to DJ Jazzy Jeff and and the the Fresh Fresh Prince Prince. for Parents Just Don't Understand. Run, DMC, Public Enemy, NWA, and Eric B. and Rakem aren't even nominated. So listen to you. I'm impressed. I don't know this off the top of my head, Wendy. <laughs> no, no. I mean, just the fact that you know how to pronounce Research. all of the names. But I do remember <clears throat> parents just don't understand. 
by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. That's it right. Was a TV show. Right. And the Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. Later, the Oscar bring the ceremonies to a complete standstill. Yes. Fresh Prince. Oh, oh, yeah. Wendy sent me a poem yesterday. It's This is so beautiful. It's kind of a long quote, but I think you should read right? it. Right? I think so, too. Oh, you want to? Okay. Go. You, let's, <laughs> let's, let's divide it. Okay. okay. Joy. It's called Joy. I saw it online. I think it's perfect. Sent it to several friends. Joy does not arrive with a fanfare on a red carpet strewn with the flowers of a perfect life. Joy sneaks in as you pour a cup of coffee, watching the sun hit your favorite tree just right. And you usher joy away because you are not ready for it. Your house is not as it must be for such a distinguished guest. But joy cares nothing for your messy home or your bank balance or your waistline, you see. Joy is supposed to slither through the cracks of your imperfect life. That's how joy works. You cannot invite her. You can only be ready when she appears and hug her with meaning because in this very moment, joy chose you. That's right. I love, I love it. I love it. I love it. Love that. The Jennifer and Wendy show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Let's talk about relationships. One of the myths, I think, about relationships is that if you, a relationship is perfect, it must be easy. Uh-uh. No, no. All relationships take work from all people involved, whether it's work or friends or your soulmate or your significant other. It takes work. It takes work. So if you have ever thought about doing the work, if you've ever thought about therapy, that very important work, why not give BetterHelp a try? It is entirely online. It is designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist at any time for no additional costs. Why would you want to switch a therapist? Well, it might not be a perfect match, and that's no problem. You don't even have to tell that therapist. You have your first session, and then you go back online and say, I'd like a different therapist, and they will send you profiles. Therapy can be a safe place to work through challenges in your relationships or just an empowering tool so that you can navigate life more successfully. And it's not just for people who have experienced major trauma. It's for the rest of us as well. We might be considered the worried well. So visit BetterHelp.com slash J&W today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash J&W. Just when Wendy was telling me how impressed she was about me talking about heavy metal, I want to thank Dan and Arnold. It's pronounced Rakim, Jennifer, and Connor. You knew the same it's, thing. It's, but it's Eric B. and Rakim. Rakim. Eric B. Go. and Rakim. Next time you can tell me, Connor. Well, was, <laughs> you started reading the poem, so I didn't want to, I, I didn't oh, want you to did, interrupt. Yeah, he didn't he want to inter- interrupt the poem about joy. I'm giving you permission right now. Please <laughs> interrupt me. Always interrupt us. <laughs> Save us from ourselves. You know, when I worked in a newsroom, we co- we corrected one another's grammar all the time. And we begged people to correct our grammar. Oh, yeah. Well, one thing we're going to correct right now, you may have some misconceptions about Medicare, especially if you watch commercials on TV. Ryan Raphael, the Medicare man, is in the studio now uh, to talk to us about it. Morning, Ryan. Good morning. Good, good to be back. Good to see you again. Mm-hmm. 
Do people have to sign up at for Medicare when they turn 65? Not, in most cases, no. If they're still working or their spouse is still working, uh, as long as they're part of 20 or more employees, them or their spouse, they don't have to sign up at 65, and there's no penalties. Why should they meet with you anyway? Well, I think for some people, they pay a lot for their employer coverage, maybe just themselves or their spouse covers them on their coverage, and it's just an exorbitant amount. So there might be a savings. I mean, it doesn't hurt to check into it, maybe based on the premium or if they have a real high deductible or uh, a real high maximum out of pocket or some features of that group plan that maybe moving on could be a good call. And Ryan will sit down with you for about an hour and show you all the different plans to which you are entitled through Medicare. Once a person decides on one plan, can they change and how does that work? Mm -hmm. So there's the main Medicare enrollment period, um, excuse me, October 15th through December 7th. Um, But there's other times of the year a person actually may very well be able to change. There's an enrollment period going on right now that is not advertised and insurance companies can't market and do commercials and agents like myself, we can't market it. But just an example of there's another time of the year or people with certain chronic health conditions, they might be able to uh, make a switch depending on what they have and what they're looking to switch to. So there's opportunities throughout the year. They call them special enrollment periods that may suit the person. What if a spouse is working and has a work-at-home spouse who depends on their coverage? Does Medicare provide that kind of coverage to a husband and then his non-working outside-the-home wife? If they're under 65, no, of course, because you got to be uh, 65 or uh, be on disability for two years under 65, so a person can't get Medicare that way. Uh, and there's a couple other scenarios where you can. But no, unfortunately not. And I get asked that a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I got so-and-so. And then usually that person working continues working until their spouse gets to 65. And you know, they're working a lot longer than they really wanted to. But, but then they both can go on Medicare. They both can do it. Right. Um, tell us about the plans that have added dental coverage. I've been with Ryan for four years now, and that was not always the case. It was not. And I'd have to say this year, Jennifer, several plans have stepped it up big time with the dental. And and they've listened, they being the plans. They hear it from their members. They'll ask a small nucleus of us brokers, what can we do to enhance this and that? And, you know, a lot of us are dental, 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 dental. And and then they have heard us. And um, there are some that have added three, four, five, even there's a plan that has $7,000 of annual dental coverage built into the plan. Like this is not an extra dental insurance that they're buying. And several of them, you can go to any dentist. It's always been an issue. People oh, going to their yeah. dentist where, ah, dang, they won't take this. They won't take this. And obviously, dental plans don't pay dentists very well, and so they just don't want to take much. But several of these plans allow you to see anybody, and it's 100% coverage. And it's part of mainly the uh, Medicare Advantage plans. That's where you're going to find the dental. But uh, some of it is unbelievable. All kinds of people made some switching around uh, during the enrollment period and currently because of dental. Are there specific plans for veterans? There actually is. There are plans very ideal for a veteran who maybe uses the VA for prescription drugs, but there are plans that they can add on that have no extra costs and they have all kinds of extra benefits. Some veterans I see will add it on just because it gives them a gym membership at no cost or maybe more dental like we were talking or hearing aids or some sort of perk that they're like, well, why would I not want to do that? But the probably the biggest thing is there are several plans that will reduce the veteran's Medicare premium. So whatever they're paying for Medicare, which comes out of their 
social security check or whatever, it can be lowered by over a hundred dollars. And we're, I mean, that's a massive saving. So I've had a lot of people do it just for that. I think we just answered this, but somebody said if your spouse qualifies and you are older than 65, but you did not pay in, can you still get Medicare? You sure can. That's a great question. I do get asked that a lot. As long as one of the spouses worked 40 quarters in life, then they qualify as well as their spouse for Medicare. Because I definitely see a lot of people like that person that they didn't work. They were stay-at-home mom or dad, whatever it is, and they definitely qualify as long as their spouse worked. And somebody else said, if you're in a union, can I work past 65? I don't understand the question. Well, if it's what I think it is, I, I guess there is some union groups that they shut you down at 65. So, I mean, I, I, obviously oh, that's so probably going to be. to. Maybe. I mean, I, you know, I guess every group plan is different where they tell you you can't work past a certain age or something. Now, what about a person who's on disability for some chronic illness uh, throughout their adulthood? When they hit 65, do they just stay on disability? Is that called SSI? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. Or do they switch to Medicare? Well, they would switch to, I mean, they would have SSI, but then they would just switch maybe to regular Social Security, you know, where it's not considered SSI. But Medicare is Medicare. So if somebody gets Medicare below age 65 due to disability, they can do any sort of Medicare plans that somebody at 65 or over. But a person who's on disability who reaches 65, they actually get a brand new enrollment period to pretty much do any plan that they want to do without any health questions of any kind. Somebody else says, what about two teachers? I'm not sure need you, to, teachers. you need to be more specific because I don't understand that question either. Well, maybe it's just something to do with you teachers. You know how teachers, they don't uh, In Illinois, get, is it they don't get Social Security or something? Well, it's very little. And in Missouri, too, it's just very minimal. And sometimes a teacher doesn't get enough on their Social Security check to even cover the Medicare premium. So maybe they meant something like that. And if that does happen, then they'll take out as much as they can out of Social Security and send a bill for the remainder. Okay. And somebody's saying are outside in, is outside insurance needed to supplement? Supplement Medicare. I bought something like that. What are you did? Those plans? I mean, there, there's optional plans. Let's just call them optional. I mean, the Medicare plans themselves can do people justice, uh, depending on what they have. But yeah, there's plans that people can enhance from, um, like you have, where that helps insurance cover. around behind the insurance. Yeah, right. Or something. Yeah, like a wraparound. I call it that. You know, just something that would help some of the copays in the hospital or for you know, God forbid, cancer or outpatient surgery. There's that. Some of them, there's plans that they can help the person recover at home um, so they don't have to go into a nursing facility and have all the specialists come into their house. So, yeah, there's there's other optional things that they're not Medicare-related, though. You can give Ryan Raphael a call at 314-368-6808. Also, how do you get paid, Ryan? So I am compensated by whichever plan we arrive at, and Medicare regulates that. So it's all the same. If somebody does a Medicare supplement, all the companies is the same compensation. If they do a drug plan, the same. And if they do Medicare Advantage, it's the same. So I don't have to do favoritism or push anything. Ryan Raphael's a Medicare man. You can look him up online, MedicareManSTL.com, or give him a call at 314-368-6808. See you next time, Ryan. Okay, great. Thank Thanks you, a lot. Ryan. 1141, and from the Medicare man to the furniture family, <laughs> Miller Furniture, a fourth-generation family-owned business. Uh, do you know how good you have to be at what you do to last for four generations, especially when it comes 
to furniture uh, because, you know, these are these are really important purchases. And if you are a, a young family and you're thinking about buying furniture, please buy furniture that lasts. Uh, and that's the kind of furniture you're going to find at Miller Furniture. And I want to tell you right off the bat about their locations. They're in Belleville, Illinois. That's sort of like the granddaddy location. They're also in Lake St. Louis at the Meadows Shopping Center. They're in Ellisville, right off of Manchester Road. And they have a brand new second Metro East location in Fairview Heights, Illinois. It's almost like a small country. 55,000 square foot warehouse showroom in Fairview Heights. It is open and it is just loaded with such beautiful furniture. They have dozens of brand new collections on display right now. Also right now, they have over $6 million of inventory on sale, including in stock and custom orders. Uh, They are selling the quality furniture brands that you have come to expect from Miller Furniture. Large selection of those Custom-made options from brands like Flex Steel, Smith Brothers of Burn, custom Amish-made furniture brands, and so much more. You have to make generations of customers happy uh, with the highest quality furniture and very reasonable prices. Check out their website to get a look and to take a look around, and then definitely head to one of those four locations. Miller is spelled M-U-E-L-L-E-R, MillerFurniture.com. It is 1146. Are you hungry, looking for a good meal, and you're driving around in West County? May I suggest Three Bay Barbecue and Bakery. It's locally owned by Rick and Carol Gross, and it's inside a gas station. It's inside the West County Phillips 66 station at Clayton Road and 141. You can call ahead and pick up your meal. You can go to the website, threebaybbqandbakery.com, and sign up for the rewards program. They have delicious food. There's a smoker right behind the gas station by the car wash. You'll smell it. Newest on the menu is a sirloin steak wrap with Swiss cheese and sriracha, one side, $12.99. They also have pulled pork, ribs, chicken, brisket, Philly cheesesteak, Gigi burger, and the desserts are out of this world. All flavors of gooey buddy, butter, butter, bars. Butter, buddy. <laughs> gooey, it makes butter, no difference. Bar. We're going wherever you tell us to go. <laughs> Gluten-free brownies. Crispy blueberry bars. It's just delicious. Three Bay Barbecue and Bakery. Stop by inside the West County Phillips 66 station at Clayton Road and 141. If you do see Rick or Carol or their delightful staff, and believe me, the staff always seems to be friendly and efficient, please tell them Jennifer and Wendy sent you. Uh, that one best rap at the Grammys in 1989. And I, I'd love to know who the other nominees were, mm-hmm. if you know, if that was, if that was considered. I remember. Do you remember the Jethro Tull story? That was huge. I, I, I vaguely, huge. when I was looking up the history, I vaguely remembered it. Yeah, that was huge. They were like, wait a second, you have Guns and Roses. That was really redefining heavy metal. And I am not a heavy not. metal girl. I don't think that Led Zeppelin is heavy metal, but I love Led Zeppelin. I've never thought of them as heavy metal. But um, but to have Jethro Tull, it was just like, well, what? I met, maybe this was seven years ago. Ian Anderson? In my, no, no. In my friend Jean's backyard at a puppy play date, <gasps> I met the most gentle 
kind, soft-spoken man named Brian Fair. He had dreadlocks. His wife, Abby, had dreadlocks, young couple. And I asked how they met. And he said, well, I'm in the group Shadows Fall. And she came to a concert, and she had dreadlocks. It's heavy metal. And then the parents, who were more in my age group, said, yes, we went once, and we were part of the mosh pit. (laughs) Is that where they jump? Is that where they, do they jump into the mosh pit? Is that what that is? I think that's crowd surfing. Oh, okay, that's what I meant. What's a mosh pit? It's the area right there down by the stage where everyone's standing Right. Okay, so there's not a mosh in the mosh pit? I don't really know what a mosh is. Well, and our former producer, Ethan Macaluso, oh, the sweetest, the dearest, quiet, shy, was a huge metal fan. <gasps> and we Isn't were talking about music one day, and I'm like, oh, what's your favorite kind of music? <laughs> Mary Lynn says Led Zeppelin is rock and roll. Okay, thank you, Mary Lynn, because a lot of people say, oh, you like heavy metal? No, I don't think of Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I as- think of Led Zeppelin as rock and roll, but I'm... Um, I agree. And like, you know, I think uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you can't please, you just can't please people because nobody is always going to be happy with everybody else's understanding or definition of what something is. Mm -hmm. Right. And and one of my friends told me James Taylor's coming to Riverport, which I know is called something else now. Connor. And she was asking me, what do you think of the seats there? And many days, I mean, when my niece Taylor was nine, I took her to see Sting there and she's 37 or eight now. So I have been there many, many times. And it was my experience that there were really no bad seats there. No, What's there, it called now? Uh, isn't it the Hollywood, Hollywood Casino, Casino and Amphitheater? Amphitheater? Yes. Um, we took the girls to see, <laughs> this is really telling, uh, this is telling Britney Spears, when she was at Riverport Hollywood Amphitheater, um, the Spice Girls. Ooh. And then the Backstreet Boys were at the, um, was it the Inter- was it Enterprise Center? I, I, I don't remember. But that was one of my favorite photographs of Maggie, who was expecting her third child. Um, she's crying, looking at the stage <laughs> with when the Backstreet Boys came out. I mean, that was if if in you know that's why Taylor Swift, you know, don't don't belittle the music. Yeah, whatever your favorite music was at the time, you yeah. have memories of it. Yeah, and I never really appreciated until I came here, and we have a Led Zeppelin fan here, Mark Kelly, that I went to see them when I was thirteen. That's right, you did. In Cleveland, and my girlfriend's father, who was a police officer, drove us there. Did his jaw, did he faint? Mark Kelly might have fainted. I don't think I've even told him that, but when I... (gasps) You just did. uh, You know, I just didn't appreciate it at the time. And back then, of course, I went to lots of concerts, and then I stopped at some point. Okay, Guns N' Roses is not heavy metal. It's rock and roll. So it's like the Black Sabbath... And when I was growing up, it was called, and forgive me, it's not appetizing, but heavy metal vomit music. That's what it was called. Um, oh, it was just like, I didn't I, know that. I have no idea. You know, I In your household, or that's how people. That's how friends would refer okay. to it as, as that. But so I guess they're just like Metallica is, I mean, that's Black Sabbath. Somebody said that's heavy metal. Um, Zeppelin is hard rock. Heavy metal might have been uh, Black Sabbath might have been the first heavy metal band. 
Well, you know, when I was 18 or 19, I spent a summer working for a public TV station, and all we did was go to music festivals, and my job was to drag cable, and they were all bluegrass festivals. Now, my parents, both of whom grew up in the city of Baltimore, were huge bluegrass fans, so I had a little bit of exposure to it, but I became a a bluegrass fan as a teenager working at these music festivals. And you never would have known. Anything, probably, probably not. Well, no. I mean, you're, if your parents were, they, they were kind of into it. But the fact that I was spending all these summer weekends at different bluegrass festivals in Ohio, that and peanut butter fudge were my two memories. You know, I can't believe you said that because I saw something yesterday online about fudge and peanut butter fudge, the stuff that our grandmothers made. I never liked that. Why? I mean. Well, I told you in seventh grade, I made fudge every day. So did my best friend, Robin Glover. I I can't even stand it now. We were trying to perfect a recipe. And then we would... You were doing that even then. And even if we couldn't be together, you know, if my mom wouldn't take me to her house, she would make fudge at her house. I would make it at mine. And then we'd bring it to school. And a lot of times it didn't set up right. So it'd be in little styrofoam cups. And I was like, how did yours turn out? How did mine turn out <laughs> for like a year? Oh, my God. Did you keep in touch with her? Uh, I reconnected with her. Oh, on Facebook? Did you find her Facebook, on Facebook? Facebook uh, pre-pandemic. And, of course, my brothers would make fun of it. And one of my cousins, who is a really great musician now, he's a retired prosecutor in Santa Fe, but he is an Irish music uh, aficionado. Yes. And anytime he travels anywhere... He looks up Irish music people, and he plays with them. But when we were 13, Tim Hassan had some of my fudge, and it was overcooked. And he said, this tastes, this reminds me of Petrified Bird Turtles. <laughs> and then he wrote a song. He Called a Petrified song Bird. And then we're at a wedding like 15 years later when we're adults, and we're passing notes at the rehearsal dinner, and he's showing these birds, and he wrote the name of the song, and he's like, you're still making that fudge? How do you, how do you, I mean, this is a sincere question. How do you overcook fudge? You Obviously, you just left it in too long. Well, I think, you know, when you're melting the butter and the sugar, and again, I haven't made this since I was 13, but I think you do it too long. Because last year when I was making candied pecans, like the ones we that bought. you're still trying to duplicate. Uh-huh. One batch turned out great and the other one, it, it crystallized because I think the sugar didn't melt properly in the butter. Carrot cake Liz would know the answer to this. So it, it did look like petrified sugar mm-hmm. and whatever. Sounds delicious. <laughs> from the 785, not sure where that's from. Actually, Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue, Warrant, and other 80s bands were known as hair metal. Oh, that's so, right. Big, they all had the, the big, big hair. hair. And then like White Snake. And that was such a sad story. David Coverdale and Tawny Catan. That was really sad. But they were like the hot couple. And I only remember that because they were on. The video, MTV and, and VH1, their videos were played was all the, the time. Was that the concert fire? Well, no, no. They just had a they had a falling out. They were this beautiful couple. Then they had a falling out. Then she married the or she married the son of the guy that owned the Oakland A's and it did not end well for Tommy. It must be a lot harder to be a celebrity. It you must know, be the actors and oh my gosh. The musicians. And like Heather Locklear or they love they they love it when women who were once absolutely beautiful or what have you, the desired, you know, desired women, 
they love it when they start to fall or well, fall. Was she married apart. to Richie Sambora? Sambora. Yeah, listen, How do see? I know that? How do I know that? See? That is weird. You are culturally. Dr. David Carr. I'm not pop culturally <laughs> deprived. You are not pop Every culturally. Every once in a while. <laughs> it's like a post-it note, right? It blows <laughs> off the wall of your brain and suddenly you have a thought and it's like, oh my goodness, there is still a synapse or two up there. <laughs> well, and when my cousin, who was a prosecutor then in New Mexico, and I was an anchor woman, and we're in our 30s, late 30s, at this wedding rehearsal dinner, we just immediately reverted back to being tweens. Same cousin I used to think I wanted to marry. You know, when I was 10 or 12, I announced to my parents so there was, that I wanted to marry my that. cousin and have a baby. And they hmm. bought me a puppy. <laughs> Problem solved. Romance over. <laughs> I still love my cousin. Oh my gosh. So John Carney, Julie Buck up next, everyone. Mwah. Together, just to have a laugh or sing a song. Seems we just get started.